You are listening to Bullet Points with Margot Bennett, the Executive Director of Women Against Gun Violence. Bullet Points is our 15-minute monthly update on hot topics in the gun violence prevention movement. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bullet Points, a podcast brought to you by Women Against Gun Violence, where we update you on the hottest topics in the landscape of the gun violence prevention movement in 15 minutes or less. Today is March 14th, 3.14, so a happy Pi Day to all who are listening. I'm sure you are immediately recognized that this is a different voice than you are typically accustomed to hearing host this podcast each month, so allow me to introduce myself. My name is Alec Foster. I'm an administrative assistant for Women Against Gun Violence and a survivor of gun violence myself, and I'm very happy to be filling in today as your host. Today, I will be discussing with you about how 10 years removed from the murder of Trayvon Martin, Stand Your Ground laws are still causing an increased rate of unnecessary violent gun deaths. But first, let me just take a moment to introduce myself a little bit more in depth and share a bit of my personal story. On December 8th, 1997, my seven-year-old brother, Evan Lee Foster, was murdered at the hands of Crip gang members at Darby Park in Inglewood, California. It was an innocent December night. My mother took Evan and myself, who was 10 months old at the time, to pick up Evan's soccer trophy from the park. However, not only were we unable to pick up the trophy that evening, but we would also be in for a heartbreakingly tragic end to our night. As we were preparing to leave the Darby Park parking lot, a car of three armed gang members pulled into the parking lot seeking revenge for one of their fellow members who was murdered earlier that day by rival blood gang members. They targeted a man in a red vehicle simply because it was the color of their rivals and proceeded to open fire. Simultaneously, my mother saw them pull into the lot, armed, and realized that they were going to open fire, and she sought to quickly navigate our car out of the line of fire and out of the parking lot. One of the assailants' gun jammed, but the other, using a Mac 90 assault rifle, let off 75 rounds of ammo, and our car was caught in the crossfire hitting and killing my brother Evan, and injuring my infant eye. All three of the gang members were later found guilty and given lengthy prison sentences for their roles in the murder of my brother. This terrible tragedy rocked my family's world, and still to this day, I feel there is a hole in our lives where Evan should be. But my parents and I push forward and seek to inspire change in the hearts and minds of our society as it relates to gun violence. We received an outpouring of love and support from friends and family and social justice organizations at the time of our tragedy, including none other than Women Against Gun Violence. We have remained in the fight with them to prevent gun violence to this day. And today, in a way, It has come full circle for me, as I now am proud to say I work for Women Against Gun Violence and can hopefully be a part of the next generation of individuals 
to create real actionable change to this unhealthy obsession that this country has with guns. I want to live in a world where no more men, women, or children like my brother die far too soon at the hands of a gun. Now that you have learned a little bit about me, let's talk about why stand your ground laws are such a dangerous threat to our public safety. February 28th marked the somber 10-year anniversary of the murder of 17-year-old Trayvon Martin by a neighborhood watch coordinator named George Zimmerman in Sanford, Florida. We all remember the story. Trayvon was simply walking down the street, returning home after picking up some Skittles and an iced tea from the grocery store. Zimmerman perceived the young teen as a threat because he was black and wearing a hoodie. Zimmerman took matters into his own hands and decided to chase Trayvon down, leading to a scuffle where he would eventually shoot Trayvon in the chest, killing him. What started as an innocent night for Trayvon, going to pick up some snacks from the local grocery store, turned into an untimely death sentence for the teenager. Zimmerman would later claim that he feared for his life and acted in self-defense when he shot Trayvon. We know that race played a huge factor in the handling of this very high-profile case. And however true or untrue Zimmerman's claim of self-defense may have been, the bigger issue was that stand-your-ground laws came into play, which helped to ultimately absolve Zimmerman of the murder he committed. Probably the most popular fictional vigilante in pop culture is Batman, which coincidentally recently premiered a new movie in theaters this month. And while one may appreciate or be entertained by the methods by which the comic book hero character seeks justice, quote-unquote, or sometimes vengeance in the comics or on the big screen, vigilantism is incredibly dangerous and is made even more deadly by stand-your-ground laws. Zimmerman acted as if he thought he himself was Batman. He even disregarded 911 advice in order to track down Trayvon, who he claimed was, quote-unquote, suspicious. He made himself the judge, jury, and executioner on that fateful night, and killed an innocent kid in the process. And while he was the true aggressor, by claiming during the trial that he acted in self-defense, he was later acquitted. Stand-your-ground laws allowed a murderer to get off free. A stand-your-ground law, sometimes called line-in-the-sand or no-duty-to-retreat law, provides that people can use deadly force when they reasonably believe it to be necessary to defend against deadly force, great bodily harm, kidnapping, rape, or in some jurisdictions, robbery, or some other serious crimes. Under such a law, people have no duty to retreat before using deadly force in self-defense so long as they are in a place where they are lawfully present. Stand-your-ground laws are also known as shoot-first laws, as they create the possibility for individuals to use deadly force in self-defense in public as first, as a first, rather than last resort. Over 19,000 people in the United States die by firearm homicides every year, and unsurprisingly, the United States has a disproportionately high rate of gun homicides in relation to other high-income countries. Advocates 
of stand your ground laws say that they potentially deter criminals from enacting crimes because of the threat of deadly retaliation. However, stand your ground laws have done nothing but increase that national rate of gun homicide as they embolden the use of deadly violence in a public setting where in most cases violence is in general is not necessary. And ultimately, these laws pose a threat to our public safety. Stand your ground laws were first instituted in Florida, coincidentally where Trayvon was killed, in 2005. And now, 38 of our 50 United States are stand your ground states. This is 38 too many. Each state has small intricacies in the way their stand your ground laws are worded and interpreted as well making it even more complicated to universally track their dangerous impact. The fact that fearing for your life can be subjective allows for stand-your-ground laws to be so tricky and potentially dangerous because altercations which in most cases could be walked away from without escalating are now opportunities for an armed individual to shoot rather than retreat if they felt quote-unquote fearful for their life. Let's take a look at some of the data that supports our claims. Stand your ground laws have been associated with an 8 to 11% national increase in monthly rates of homicide and firearm homicide, the equivalent of an additional 700 homicides per year. In this study, published by JAMA Network Open, a peer-reviewed medical journal analyzed crime statistics in 41 different states and linked the laws to increases in violent deaths, deaths that potentially could have been avoided. The enactment of standard ground laws was associated with a mean national increase of 7.8% and 8% in monthly homicide rates, the equivalent of 58 to 72 more deaths per month, and these increases reached 10% and higher in several southern states. The introduction of stand-your-ground laws has also failed to address the issue of rising crime. According to a study from Mayors Against Illegal Guns, the National Urban League and VoteVets.org, in the decade since Florida instituted stand-your-ground rules, murders rose by 22%, with justifiable homicides surging by 75%. Other states which have adopted stand-your-ground laws have seen a 53% increase in justifiable homicides, whereas in states that do not enact these laws, there has been a 5% decrease in justifiable homicides over the same period. Stand your ground laws have come up in multiple high-profile cases in recent memory as well. In the murder of Ahmad Arbery in Georgia, the three aggressors who chased down and shot Arbery sought to claim self-defense as Georgia is a stand-your-ground state. However, thankfully, the ju jury in the trial rejected the three murderers' claims of self-defense, and they were given lengthy prison sentences. And we saw the situation with Kyle Rittenhouse, the 17-year-old teenager who drove across state lines amidst the civil unrest in Kenosha, Wisconsin, with assault rifles and ended up shooting and killing two victims who were at a protest. In his case, he was able to get off scot-free on the grounds of self-defense. Wisconsin is not a stand-your-ground law state, 
However, his lawyers were able to use some of the same fallacious reasoning, which is built into stand your ground laws. In this country, where citizens are unhealthily obsessed with guns to the point where they are almost fetishized, it is also important that we do not give people what is essentially a license to kill. There have been too many high-profile cases where it has been demonstrated that stand-your-ground laws are potentially life-threatening, and who knows how many other cases exist that we have not been made privy to. This is why stand-your-ground laws must be eradicated. We cannot continue to give individuals an opportunity to enact senseless violence, and specifically firearm violence, without consequence. Let's end this episode with a big thanks to you for the many ways in which you support and amplify Women Against Gun Violence's work. Be sure to follow us on TikTok at WAGVORG, and be sure to save the date, Sunday, May 15th, 2022, at noon, to virtually attend our 29th Annual Leadership Awards Brunch online this year. You can get more details and links for both TikTok and our Leadership Awards event on our website at www.wagv.org. If you have any questions or topics you would like us to address, please be sure to email me at wagv at wagv.org. Thank you.